Welcome to the Line Life Podcast produced by Transmission and Distribution World and Utility Products. We're bringing you stories of the grit, courage, and inspirational teamwork that it takes to be a line worker. The sponsor for this podcast is Husky Tools. Husky Tools has the most complete power utility solutions in the industry. For over 45 years, Husky Tools has built the safest, toughest, most durable, and dependable high-performance utility lineman tools and equipment in the industry. Husky Tools, built for everything that's on the line. Check them out at huskytools.com. The August 2022 episode features an interview with Dijon Greer, a groundman for Southern California Edison and a recipient of the 2021 Lightworker Scholarship. Edison International, in partnership with the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers Local 47, launched a four-year, $1 million pilot scholarship program in 2021 to promote greater diversity among Southern California Edison's line workers. Hello and welcome to the Line Life podcast. My name is Amy Fishbach, and I am the field editor for Transmission and Distribution World magazine. For our July 2022 Line Life podcast, we are highlighting a scholarship program to increase diversity in the line trade. Serving one of the country's most diverse populations, Edison International and Southern California Edison believe it is critical to have a workforce who reflects the communities they serve. The continued focus for the four-year pilot program initially focused on attracting Black participants since the current percentage of SCE's Black line workers is less than the Black population in the communities it serves. Launched last year, the program provides tuition, tools, and support services needed to complete required training at Los Angeles Trade Technical College. LA-based nonprofit Brotherhood Crusade helps with support services as needed, such as housing, transportation, and childcare. The $1 million scholarship program is funded by Edison International shareholders and IBEW Local 47 and awards up to $25,000 per recipient. Graduates will be eligible for a groundman entry-level position at SCE once they complete the Powerline Mechanics Certificate Program, obtain a Class A driver's license, and complete any SCE pre-employment requirements. All jobs will be located within SCE's 50,000 square mile service area, and the company may require graduates to relocate for their positions. Today, I'm honored to speak with Dijon Greer, the winner of the 2021 Edison International Line Worker Scholarship. Dijon, thank you for joining us today for the Line Life podcast. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. To begin, describe what inspired you to pursue a career in the line trade. For me, it all started back in 2005 during Hurricane Katrina. My my godfather is originally from Louisiana, the Lafayette area, which is just uh, it's about an hour and a half outside of New Orleans. So when Katrina hit down there like it did all those years ago, I just remember seeing my my godfather, you know, worrying about his friends, his family out there. Luckily, he had already relocated to California um, and his family wasn't directly impacted because they were so far from New Orleans. But just seeing how closely he paid attention to it, um, how closely the whole family was following it, just because we did have so many family members out there. It really, really impacted me. 
from watching, seeing the policemen, firemen, the nurses, the ambulances, all the, and of course the line workers um, and other just blue collar workers out there just trying to help people as much as they possibly could. So after seeing that, it, it really got me into thinking, you know, what do they do? What, what is this, this career of these people climbing poles and um, restoring power? And then just uh, last year, with the storms in in Texas, I had already kind of been looking into pursuing my career as a line worker. And my um, my grandfather, he was living in Texas, and he was directly impacted to where they didn't have any power in their home, anything like that. And he was actually sleeping in his car with the heater on to stay warm. And yeah, and he vividly remembers just seeing the line crew, just like the rest of the neighborhood the line crews out there working day in, day out, you know, that they're cold, you know, that they're struggling, but, you know, they're out there to, to help other people. And yeah, it's for a paycheck, but if you're not doing this to, to help people and get something else out of it, the, the money, it's just a, an added bonus. If you really think about it. That's a great way to put it Dijon. and talk about where you were working um, when you heard about the scholarship program and how did you learn about the scholarship opportunity through Edison international? So I will, I've actually been a part of uh, IBW local 11 out here in Southern California, uh, pursuing an inside wireman journeyman ticket. And I was doing that one because I wanted to be, be a line worker. And I felt like this was a great way to make myself stand out in the line worker trade. Cause I would think my thought process was there are so many people that are going to climbing school. They have their class day license. So they kind of look similar on paper. So if I had that journeyman ticket of an inside wireman showing that I've already completed one apprenticeship, I've been in the trade for the past five years that I would just make me stand out that much more. So um, I'm in my, I was in my last year of my apprenticeship and there's a Facebook page for the local 11 electricians. And there was a guy who posted it um, this time last year. And I'd never heard, never heard of it, um, of the scholarship program. And I clicked on it, kind of read through it and just kind of thought, you know, is this, is this like a real thing that they're doing because it sounds it sounds too good to be true so i uh, i really looked into it i applied for it and you know i was one of the one of the guys that was chosen that's great dijon congratulations again that's a big honor to be selected thank you thank you very much and then after you researched the line trade you said you discovered that the percentage of african americans in the line worker trade was far too low how did that make you feel it it made me feel like I, whether I actually became a line worker or not, you know, this year through the scholarship that I, something needed to change, that I was going to do everything that I possibly could to inform people, inform family members. Like I, I come up from a, from a family that uh, a lot of my family members, they, they have their, their one, I have an aunt who's working on her doctorate. I have attorneys and other very you know successful white collar family members so getting into the the blue collar the line work the construction thing isn't something that we typically do on my side of the family but i just wanted to raise awareness and just 
you know, let as many people know as I possibly could get on, uh, trying to get on podcasts, trying to get on, um, you know, the social medias and just letting people know, going down and talking to people at the local high schools and, and just wanting people to know what, what line workers really do, what the career is like. And what was that like for you to go out in the community and kind of spread awareness of the line trade? Had people heard of it before or is it kind of new to a lot of, um, no, it's, you know what, it's crazy how new it really is, even though, you know, we, everyone that I talked to today, obviously they've been alive since electricity has existed, but you know, no one really knows what an, a line worker is. You, if you walk up to someone on the street and ask them, Hey, what does a lineman do? The first instinct is to think of someone who plays football, sure, not, a, not an actual <laughs> line worker. Yes. So then I'm, when I'm telling even some of my family members to this, even though I've gone through this scholarship program for almost a year now, it's still kind of like, what, is, what are you going to be doing again? And so now that I've been enrolled at LATTC doing the, the climbing program, you know, I'm able to show pictures of climbing poles and restoring power and, and stuff like that. But yeah, majority of people, you, you really got to sit them down and, and show them like, this is, this is what a line worker does. It's a, uh, they're not electricians. It's a high voltage line worker and, they're two completely separate things, but they're all, you know, encompassed in electricity, you could say. So, Dijon, it's very interesting that you came from that other apprenticeship. How do you think that helps you with the training that you're doing right now? You know, at first I was thinking it was going to help me personally, just, you know, my our instructor, we're going to go through the basic principles of electricity. And all I could think was, oh, that'll be an easy, easy test for me. But after meeting the guy, our class has about 47 guys in it. And after meeting the other guys and even in just this classroom setting, it's formed a brotherhood. And I've been able to help my classmates, help them understand it. Um, like we every morning we go on a on a two mile walk. So sometimes those two mile walks, uh, some guys will have questions like, hey, what? We learned about AC theory yesterday. What what did you think about it or how could you break it down? And just having that extra knowledge and being able to share it, it it's, it's really helpful and it's really nice to be able to do that. That's great. And then um, what was your reaction when you learned that you were one of the scholarship recipients and how did you find out? Did you get a phone call or a letter, email or? Yeah, you know, it's a, it's a funny story because um, I was at home. And uh, I was with my wife and my phone started ringing and Edison provides the, we live in an Edison service area. So our electric bills come through Edison and my phone is ringing and it just says Edison colleague. <laughs> and the first thing I did was look at my wife and think, Hey, did we paid the bill? Right. I know <laughs> right. I paid the bill. It shouldn't be calling me. Right. And um, when I answered the phone call, there was a guy, his name's Justin Lee. And he asked me, Hey, um, Hey, how's it going? I'm just thinking, all right, man, are you going to ask for credit card information? Like what, what's going on? And he asked me if I received an email the day before. And I said, no, I haven't. And he just said, oh, okay, well, I just want to let you know that you won the scholarship. And I about fell out on the floor, <laughs> jumping up and down, running and telling my wife, um, I started crying. She started crying and it was just, uh -huh. just knowing 
what this scholarship was going to mean for us, mean for our family, mean for the community. It was it was just extremely emotional and so happy. And, you know, it, it it's kind of like you get into a speechless type of thing where you're just like, I, I, I can't believe I just won it. Right. Well, that's great. So how much did you win, um, Dijon? And what do you think that scholarship means for you and also for the community that you're going to be serving one day? You know, so total, it's um, it's up to twenty five thousand dollars and they help out with the any type of services or needs that you may need for the year that you're in the program. Um, as far as say getting your class A, which is extremely expensive, especially now that they they've implemented a new uh, policy. So majority of driving schools are charging upwards of four thousand forty five hundred dollars. And I know a lot of people uh, don't usually just have forty five hundred dollars laying around to right. <laughs> to go That's learn a how lot to drive of money. a truck. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, they were able to provide that. Um, they understood that the class that we're taking, it's pretty much like a full-time job. It's Monday through Friday, seven to two. So they've been able to assist with helping us with rent, with mortgages, with uh, paying for gas, cell phone bills. Um, I'm sure, I know some guys have used it for childcare, um, just, just staying afloat and making sure that you you don't have any of those other worry, financial worries while you're trying to complete this class. Um, and it's just, it's been so helpful. It's been great. So it's just, uh, yeah, no, it's just, it's been, it's been really helpful. Yeah. That's great. Especially with the childcare, cause that can be extremely expensive as well. Um, and that's through the brotherhood crusade, right? The, the housing transportation and childcare services. Yes. Yeah, so the Brotherhood um, has been pretty has been pretty great helping us out. We've had um, case managers that they reach out to us, and they're trying to figure out what our needs are, um, and then we'll request put in a request for say rent or um, transportation. I know one guy he got his car fixed, or a couple of guys actually got their cars fixed because our instructor. He's a he's a stickler for tardiness, for attendance and all that. He he wants us to treat it like the job, which we all respect. And um, so when a car breaks down and you were traveling 40, 50 miles plus to get to school, you're thinking, you know, this is my this was my chance. And I, I kind of just blew it because I can't make it to class anymore. And um, it's just one of those things where those supportive services, they really come in handy and guys were able to get their cars fixed over the weekend. And, you know, some of these guys, they're saying that the, the bill would have cost them $4,000, $5,000 to get it fixed, especially that fast. Um, so, yeah, the supportive service has been great. And then describe what skills you're learning um, through the training at Los Angeles Trade Technical College. And what do you think are the most rewarding and challenging aspects of learning mind work so far? So the I think the most rewarding thing is just being able to climb the poles, feeling the confidence, like gaining the confidence to do it. I mean, the first day that we were out there in the pole yard and we stepped onto those poles, we got about five feet high and I'd say 
30 of the guys were, were shaking, including myself, just like, oh, yes. my, what are we, what did I sign up for? Uh-huh. My, my feet hurt, my ankles hurt, my shins hurt. Um, and the instructor, he was very adamant, just said, give me three weeks. If you can stay with this for three weeks, I'll make you guys climbers. I'll make you guys ready for this trade. And, you know, a lot of guys, majority of them stuck it out, but there were, there were a few that that three week mark hit and, you know, they went up to the instructor and said, this isn't for me. Yeah. So they, um, and it's not, it's not for everyone. Uh, it's an extremely challenging career field, an extremely challenging trade. It's one of the most dangerous careers in the world. But then the, one of the most, obviously one of the most challenging things too, is just working with guys that you've never worked with before. Uh, some guys have a construction background. Some guys don't. So trying to get everyone caught up to speed because, you know, again, even though we're just quote unquote practicing out in the, in the pole yard, it's still extremely dangerous. You know, we're, we're lifting transformers, we're lifting uh, cross arms, double cross arms, we're setting poles, all that using the, you know, the Derek trucks and all that to, to set everything. So it's like a construction site. Um, and you're just trying to get everyone up to speed and make sure everyone goes home safe. Sure. And then what is it like for you to climb poles now? Do you, did you ever have a fear of heights or anything, or was that never a problem? You know, I've, I've told people that I've always had a a natural fear of heights where once I start to get a little too high, it's like either on a ladder or on a roof or something like that. You're just like, Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm up here. So you kind of get the, get the little butterflies. Uh, I remember it like it was yesterday, my first day getting to the top of that 35 foot pole. And, Mm -hmm. you know, the pole starts to sway a little bit, a little bit more as you get higher and you get to the very top and you're just, you're breathing hard and you're looking around and you see all the other guys that are at the top as well. And all, all of a sudden that fear just goes away because then you're looking at your guys just like, man, we just did it. (laughs) We all got to the top and you're all trying to celebrate a little bit. And the instructor, he, his name is uh, Anthony Silvers. He's a great, great instructor because he sees that we're all happy. And then he tells us, all right, now come back down. Let's do it again. And you're just like, oh, (laughs) I was trying to celebrate a little bit. I just (laughs) made it. And nope, come on down. You know, right back up. So no, it was, it was a great feeling. I loved it. And what is a day in the life like for you at the training center? You said you have to get out. How far do you live from it? And how long does your day last? So I'm about, I'm about 45 miles um, from downtown LA. I live in a city called Rancho Cucamonga, uh, just east of LA. Okay. So I leave, I typically leave my house at about 445, 5 a.m. in the morning, I uh, like to get there early. Class starts at seven. And usually our instructor, he'll he'll kind of let us know what we're working on for the day in the classroom. Uh, we're in there for about 15 to 20 minutes. We head out to the pole yard. We do a, a nice stretch and flex. We go for our two mile walk slash run. And then once we come back to the pole orchard, um, it's, you know, get your gear on, get into your groups and we're we're raising cross arms, lowering them, putting up doubles, doing the transformers. The the new one that we're doing is um, putting up an A frame 
in order to lift a transformer. So we have to get all the way to the top of the pole. And I think that A-frame weighs about 80, 85 pounds. So Mm -hmm. your waist is at the top of the pole and you just have to really manhandle this A-frame to get it to open up and go on top of the, on top of the cross arm. So that's been a, that's been a challenge for a lot of guys the last, last week or so, just, um, just trying to get used to it. Cause it is, it's very, very awkward to do it. Um, so we've been working on that. We're usually out there until about 12 to one o'clock, depending on um, if we need to watch some videos in the classroom based on, what we're learning that week. So like last week we were learning about transmission um, and the transmission insulators and the wire and the sizing, that type of stuff, how the transformers work, the step up, step down. Um, So we usually dedicate about an hour or so a day. And then once we get through the learning part, the next couple of days is just um, out in the pole yard all day from about eight to until about eight to one. And then we clean up and head back home. And what do you think it takes to be successful in the training program? It sounds like you need a lot of strength and dedication. Yeah, you know, you definitely need to to be physically fit. Um, But I think the most important thing in this trade and just trades in general, especially when you're new to it, is you got to be willing to learn. You got to be willing to adapt to it Um, there, you know. Like for me, and for example, I came from the electrician side and you could say that if you come in from and you say that you have an electrical background and all that and you're going to the instructor who is a Hall of Fame lineman who's been in the trade for 35 years and he's trying to teach you how to wire up a transformer and I go to him and say, oh, I already know how to do that. That's that's like the worst thing you could possibly do. Yeah. So you have to go in with a with a blank slate and just you know what I'm I want to soak up all the information, all the knowledge that I can get from you in this next four months because after that it's it's real world. I'm applying for jobs. I'm getting into the field myself and all that. So uh, that to me that's the most important thing. If you're willing to learn and willing to to change your ways then I think you can be a very successful line worker. Absolutely. That's great advice, Dijon, to just soak it all up and learn as much as you can. Absolutely. And then um, how do you think the scholarship program, like the one at Ederson International, will help to expand diversity in the line trade? I mean, it's, it's great. I mean, like we were talking about a little earlier, a lot of people just don't know about it. When you look into it and, really looking to the demographics of a line worker, I believe it's 94% or something, something crazy high like that is uh, Caucasian males and that's nationwide. So when you try to go and just talk to another African-American, Hispanic, Asian, anything like that, like, Oh, have you ever heard of a line worker? No idea. So this program is just, it's so amazing because it's raising the awareness so much. When you hit, when you have a company the size of Edison and the area that they cover, and they're one of, they're the first ones to do something like this, it's going to get people talking. It's going to get other, um, I, I believe other utilities are going to start seeing how successful we are and how it's working. And they're going to start adapting 
similar programs themselves because yeah it's it's great you want to you want to see people that look like you servicing your area they know the area they know the housing they know what it's like to live out there and they just like to be able to go and have little kids look up and and see me up there it's like oh i didn't know i could do that how do i how do i look into doing that and stuff and just being able to talk to people so i think it's it's amazing yeah that's incredible and then um, what do you see um, in your future for the line trade? And how has this scholarship program kind of changed your life? Oh, wow. It's, I mean, it's, it's been like a, like a whirlwind this, this past year uh, as far as changing, but it's all been positive. Um, just being able to teach me all the things, being able to get my, my class A license, um, learning a, a trade that I'll be able to pass down to my kids. I have, I have one, I have an 18 month old son right now and I have another son that's going to be born in the next few weeks here. Oh, so congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. So being able to, to pass it down to them is, is, uh, is like world changing for me. But as far as, um, you know, what I would like to do as far in the future I want to I want to become an instructor, very similar to my instructor, uh, Anthony Silvers, just being able to once I've made it to that point to where I feel that I can give back to apprentices, groundmen, uh, maybe even journeymen. You know, if they just want to if they ever want to just call and ask me some questions, anything like that, just being able to help this process to keep going, because the line worker, I feel like if you don't know about it. You're not going to apply for it. And if you do apply for it and get into it, you you may have people that don't really want to teach you or they're not very good teachers or instructors. So that's that's what I, that's my goal. I want to be an instructor and I want to be able to give back to the groundmen and to the apprentices coming in. I think you would be wonderful at that, T. John. Thank um, you. <laughs> thank you so much for taking time out of your busy training schedule to do an interview for the Line Life podcast. We applaud SCE, Edison International, Local 47, and the Brotherhood Crusade for investing in the future of the trade and working together to increase diversity. Dijon, we wish you the best of luck in your future career as lineman. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. This episode of the Line Life Podcast was written and recorded by Amy Fishbach. It was produced by John Doberstein. To listen to our past episodes, visit our podcast page at www.tdworld.com slash podcasts or anchor.fm slash line life slash podcasts. You can also send us a voice memo or email with your comments on this episode to linelifepodcast at gmail.com. Please follow the show to be updated when new episodes are released and leave a review for us on Apple Podcasts. Head to the show description to see where you can find us on social media. Again, we'd like to thank the sponsor for this podcast, Husky Tools. Husky Tools has the widest selection of lineman tools and equipment across every essential utility category. Husky features the largest assortment of hydraulic cutting and compression tools powered by the industry's most popular battery platforms. Husky Tools, lineman proven and utility approved since 1976. To learn more, go to huskytools.com. Thank you for listening to the Line Life Podcast and have a great rest of your day.